Welcome to Pause and Reflect, a podcast which looks to discuss the furry fandom and profile one creative or significant member of the community in each episode. I am your host, Mike Pause, and joining me today on Skype from Seattle is fursuiter and dancer, Four Dingo. Four, thanks for taking part. Good to be here. So how did you first come across the furry fandom? Oh, I first came across the furry fandom back in 2001. Um, I've always had like a fascination with werewolves and stuff like that. So when I was on a uh, like a library computer, I was looking up were- uh, werewolves. And that's when I found um, that's when I essentially found, you know, just a cluster of furry art. Oh, OK. So you, mm-hmm. you stumbled across art that was adult or tame to start with? <laughs> It started adults. It oh, was you, just, you just jumped straight in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so if you have a thing for werewolves, were you ever interested in anything like Furion or Otherkin? Or? Um, Otherkin, yes. Okay. Uh, how do you find that now? Do you still find that area strong personally, or is that something you've kind of drifted away from? No, it's something I'm still very much attached to, mostly for the um, for the ideal that I've I've found, you know, other people who believe yeah i don't necessarily follow the you know whole other can i guess you call it movement or religion to a t but there are things that i do take away from it that you know i apply to my everyday life okay so um how did you pick your principal persona well because i am um i'm half african-american i'm half aboriginal australian so um I don't really see myself as a kangaroo and stuff. And I wanted to really tie back to, you know, my Australian roots and uh, the dingo is pex predators in Australia. So that's how I picked four. I actually didn't know you had an Aboriginal um, backstory. So that's quite fascinating. And this is one of the things I love about um, finding out what personas mean to people is there's often a deeper backstory than you actually expect. Mm hmm. Um, so how long have you been in the fandom now? I mean, I know, I think you said in, uh, a year earlier, but just... Um, 2001. So it'll be 15 years this year. Wow. And was that, was that from just discovering it online or did you then go to a meet or how, when did you kind of go physically kind of get into the fandom in terms of, like, I don't know, attending a meet or a furcon? So after I, uh, after I found uh, the artwork in 2001... I joined a, a bunch of fur, uh, a bunch of forums and uh, forums and chats and uh, message boards and stuff like that. After that, I didn't go to my first convention until 2007. Which con was that that you went to? Uh, that would be FC 2007. Right. And how did you find that when you attended? Um, it was amazing. It was a complete, uh, it was it was almost like a sensory overload, like that I couldn't believe that there could be so many people who, you know, were interested in the same exact thing. Yeah, I can imagine how that felt. Um, I actually joined the fandom about 2007 myself, so, uh, and I, I just jumped straight into going to a local fur meet where I lived, so I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so what came first, furry or dancing? Uh, dancing came first. Dancing definitely came first. And when did you start to do that? So it, I can. The best is to kind of relate it to any of the artists right now who are um, 
you know, higher profile. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of something I've always done. Like, you know, from a very young age, just kind of dancing around and just kept doing it and doing it until uh, I started actually competing. And that's when I started taking it a little bit more seriously and practicing, but it's always been something I've just kind of tooled around with on the side. Yeah. And so was there any ever anything you wanted to do professionally or uh, when you say about competing, were you competing just in the fandom or were you trying to compete in like local dra- dance groups? I competed in local dance groups um, when I was younger and stuff. I mean, it was, uh, wasn't anything big or anything like that. Just local little competitions and stuff, just kind of having fun. But then, uh, then I started dancing in the fandom and uh, that's when, uh, that's when, uh, you know, it started getting really intense because, uh, my entire goal with dancing in the fandom was, was back when I first started going to conventions and I was seeing the dancing there. Um, I was seeing, um, a lot of, I, I saw a void of the art of dance in the fandom. And that's something that I made it a goal that I wanted to bring to the fandom was, you know, dancing. You say avoid. What 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 was it? Was it just that people were doing very generic moves, and you wanted to bring uh, a new and uh, just basically blow their minds? Should we say? Essentially, yes. Yeah, it was basically very generic, um, very very you know simple things. All and all of it was mostly just the same thing over and over again. And um, there was uh, back then there was no hip hop influence in the furry fandom at all. There were very, very, very few furries in the hip hop at all. What was the trending music at that time? Oh, I would back then it was between drum and bass, house music, and um, I think that's about it. Okay. Um, so. Um, why do you think the dancer fur community has become so large now? The dancer fur community has really become so large now is um, for several reasons. One of the uh, main reasons why it's gotten as big as it has is uh, because of the inclusion that we have. There's a very good vibe and good community that we have there. If um, we like, like I said, we call it a family because everyone's very supportive. We each want to see each other get better. There's, you know, Minimal drama. I'm not going to say there's no drama, but there's minimal drama in it, and um, most most of it is uh, for most of it is you know to kind of help each other out and watch each other grow. Now, another reason that uh, um, it's gotten so big as well, though, is um, it's another way to um, it's another avenue that you can take for notoriety and popularity and stuff like that. Um, if you're a good dancer who can perform very well. Um, you will get noticed and people will come to see you, especially if you, you know, dance in competitions and you win competitions. That's when you get the, that's when you get a lot of attention from the rest of the fandom. There are some people who might criticize it as being attention seeking. What would you say to people who have that kind of opinion? Honestly, um, part of it could be part of it. Couldn't be um, my reaction to somebody saying that, you know, somebody is dancing uh, for attention is, uh, you know, if it's something they like to do, then I don't really see an issue with that. I mean, if someone likes to dance and is dances very well and they're doing it for attention and it's entertaining the fandom, there's, there's no, there's nothing really wrong with that. 
Um, what's your opinion of the fursuit dance competitions recently? Let's take the last year compared to say, well, when they started, I mean, yes. So when they first, so I competed in the first or second year when fursuit dance competitions started and the skill from back then to now has increased exponentially. I, I'd go as far as to say is, um, the furries are they're borderlining a professional level with the skill of dance they do, if not already there. Gonna say as opposed cause... as opposed to back when it first started, it was really kind of an amateur, really intimate thing. But now you get um, the competitions now where stuff's getting harder and more intense and more technical, and especially with the judging, um, that it's beca- it's becoming it's getting close. If it, if it, if it hasn't already arrived at professional, it's gonna be there soon. Do you think um, if it's getting to that level that um, certainly the novelty of the fursuit performances, the fact that that these professional level dancers are doing it in such a costume, um, why do, do you think it would could become bigger or even maybe get sponsored at some point? I think that it has it definitely does have the potential to. So there are when you're dancing in fursuit, it's a, it's completely different from dancing out of suit, obviously. It's it's almost like its own class. You have your endurance has to be almost double of what you would outside. You have to control your heat. Um, uh, you have to control uh, you know your movements to make sure you don't overexert yourself. Um, small little movements uh, are muffled by the fursuit itself, so you have to almost overexaggerate everything. So I think if there is, you know, a sponsor or what have you, if they recognize uh, what uh, if they recognize the difficulties of dancing in fursuit and, you know, admire the fact that we do what we do, um, I could see I could see a sponsor sponsorship going into a competition. Um, so when did you decide to get your first suit? Well, your first suit. <laughs> Um, honestly, it'd be that, uh, the first convention I went to, um, further confusion, 2007, that's when I decided to get a fursuit. Did you just like the, the quality and stuff? I mean, was it perform? Was it the performances? Was it the reaction they were getting? I mean, what stood out to it was, you? It was honestly, um, just being able to put on the character and just go have fun. No, that was, that was what allured me to is, you know, putting on a character and then going out and acting out that character. You mentioned earlier that the dancer fur community has a family feel. Do you think that extends to the fandom in a wider context, or do you feel that's something that's actually being lost from the community as it grows bigger? No, I think it, it extends out to the fandom too. I mean, there there definitely is uh, camaraderie uh, wherever you look in the fandom of some type in some way. As the uh, dancer fur community grows, the family just gets bigger, and I don't really see, you know, that fading anywhere uh, over time. Uh, we've, we've, yeah, I've, I've yet to see, you know, anyone get like shunned or, you know, off put or outcast and stuff just because their dancing isn't at the level of everyone else. If anything, uh, more dancers uh, will cling to you know a dancer that needs some help or needs some assistance and they'll help uplift them to try and you know get some more uh get some more skill under their belt yeah you mentioned inclusion and family um Mm -hmm. due to your ethnicity what's your opinion of the fandom's attitude towards race and how tolerant do you find people 
in the community compared to say normal society? So with the, with my race being, it is, you know, um, African-American and Aboriginal Australian. I, um, back when I first joined the fandom, it was an extreme, uh, I was an extreme minority. I wasn't, I, I was probably one of the only black furries for miles. There were very, very, very few black furries. Actually, I went to AC that same 2007. And of those, I think it was at the time, 3000 people, there were 11 black furries and stuff. I know because I counted with another black furry and we handed out uh, numbered stickers to all the black furries that we could find. Sounds but, um, like sounds like an early version of the first furry survey back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I, did, far I, as, I didn't you know, realize it was so, such a small number back then because it feels a lot more numerous now. And some people are always saying that, you know, women feel like a minority, for example. It's, uh, that's quite fascinating. And so it, it felt like a very much like a minority back then. And did you, did you think anybody, did you feel out, ostracized, uh, sorry, ostracized at all? No, no, not really. Never, never, never got that vibe. Never got that feeling. Um, I didn't actually, I, I never actually felt any kind type of resentment based off of race from anyone in the fandom until, um, in the last couple of years when, um, there were just some furries who were legitimately racist and just kind of went at me on Twitter. But uh, I didn't, there wasn't too much of that because I immediately blocked them. And then that's about the only time I've really met with any type of racial conflict. Yeah, that's interesting. It's either the fandom growing or it's just the nature of internet trolling, I guess. Mm -hmm. So do you find, though, that people react to you in fursuit differently? if they don't know your ethnicity or do you think by now everyone knows who you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by now everyone knows about who I am, but I will say as with also with MFF was the first, uh, was the first convention I did with my, uh, new suit burnout, the skunk. Um, and, uh, no, there's, there's no real, there's no real big difference with the way I'm treated. I mean, of course, you know, people want hugs and they want to take pictures and stuff like that. And, it might be slightly less than you know when I don't have the first seal. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, the reason but, uh, I was going to say the reason no. I say it is because the reason I say that is because I know some fursuiters who feel that people want to be friends with the character and not them. So that's what I was curious about. I, I see. Um, no, I really haven't gotten that that much. Oh, okay. Simple answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, say talking of that though. Um, is there a backstory to burnout at all or is he, is, is there a um, new so idea for as, him? As, as I went on in the fandom, um, I started, uh, developing other characters, just kind of other, other characters that just kind of are little bits and pieces of me. They're, they're little attributes to, you know, who I am, just things that I like and interests that I have. And the characters just are, you know, basic representations of that. So burnout, the skunk, um, the name and the uh, the name and the, you know the animal that he is is a representation of um, a gearhead. You know that's it's the gearhead side of me. I've been a mechanic for twelve years now, and uh, I love cars. I love going fast. You know, I love um, drifting, drift racing, and stuff like that. And you know, 
burnout, tire smoke, smells bad. Well, smells good to me, but it smells bad. So that's just kind of a character that just naturally kind of formed out of my interests. Do you find that furry is a helpful place to uh, meet other people like that? Because I've always personally loved the way that furry feels like a springboard to find people of other common interests. Absolutely. I absolutely do. I mean, it's, it's, it is definitely a place where you can meet more people. I mean, especially for people who are, you know, um, who have trouble doing things socially. If you already have furry as a foundation to, uh, find other interests, um, there's everyone into everything. I mean, I just met someone today who was also into cigars like I am. And, uh, we, it sparked a two hour long conversation. Um, that uh i really enjoyed and i just didn't know and you actually wind up learning things from other people too i certainly feel that way meeting people from all over i love when i get to understand another person's culture or learn about a vocation or or something that i've never never really had the chance to ask anybody about so i certainly know that feeling and that's one reason why i love it i'm making uh, loving this is that i can now um learn about people in a new way and i hope the audience can as well Mm-hmm. Another really, another really cool thing about the fandom and um, just being in it and networking with people is, um, I can now say that there is literally no continent on Earth that I can go on that I would be stranded in at in nearly any country, nearly anywhere. If I can just go there and I'll know somebody there. Like I can go to Russia and know people there. I can go to China and know people there, you know, South America, Venezuela. Um, I can even go to Antarctica and still know people there. This fandom is, is, has helped me network with so many people that it's just a broad spectrum of so many cultures and, um, individuals that opens you up to more experiences. Yeah, people say there's a secret society. I think we're the secret society at this rate because of uh, how prevalent we are. <laughs> yes, I can agree with that. Because we seem to be in every walk of life, every continent, all sorts of jobs in different trades and companies from the biggest multinationals to the, the smallest independent chain. Mm -hmm. um, so a couple more um, generic questions for you. What's your worst experience in furry so far oh i got i gotta think about this one for a second <laughs> <laughs> worst experience uh let's see you know what so far i would have to say the worst experience that i've had as a furry right now would have been that chlorine attack on mff in 2014 oh yes i was there as well yeah i was yeah that yeah. was crazy where were you when that happened, by the way? Like, where in the hotel? Because I, was in, I the main, was in the main dance hall. I was in actually a suite right next to the stairwell that they did that to. We were the closest room to that actual attack. Oh, damn. And, could yeah. you, and you smelt it, did you? Yeah, we did. We did. Actually, I just recently kicked a, uh, uh, someone underage out of the party because there was alcohol at my party. Uh, kicked someone else who was underage out of my party and he tried going down those stairs and came back up saying I can't leave essentially and um, yeah after that they uh, they evacuated us and that was that was a bad night because it was really cold yeah that was uh, a memorable one in interesting ways um, mm -hmm. 
luckily I had clothes on, unlike some people. <laughs> yes, I know. Some people did not have the time to get properly dressed for the weather. Because, mm. I mean, I think like all of it, I don't know about you, but I thought, oh, it's just some drunk fur has pulled the fire alarm and it'll be over in five minutes. That's what has happened at MF, like the fire alarm has happened at MMF, MFF, I would say probably for the last decade, every year. And that's what I thought um, at first when they told us to get out. But um, then I noticed that the, the actual fire alarm was not going off uh, for a bit, I think. And um, that's when I figured out it was something more serious. When they didn't take us down our stairwell, they took, it down, they took us down a different stairwell. Okay, to counter that, what would you say is your best experience or what, what do you cherish the most from your time in the fandom so far? I would say any time that I am backstage at a uh, fursuit dance competition cheering on uh, my friends or fellow dancers, I can't pick just one of those. So I'm going to say each and every time that happens, that's the best moment in the furry fandom for me. Okay. Uh, that I can understand that because it's always exciting to um, to be there. And I think FWA last year, you were literally a few times, literally standing right behind me while I was actually doing the the mixing for the video. Exactly, I was. It was just a shame it went a bit crazy with the uh, technical side, but that was unfortunately out of my hands. <laughs> Correct. So here's one for you. If you could visit anywhere in the world, and you do get to travel a lot, so you're already quite lucky, but obviously this is a question for some of my viewers that might be more hypothetical, but if you could visit anywhere, where would you go if you haven't already been there? I haven't already been there. That's uh, well. I mean, if it if it's somewhere, I guess you have been. Then it, it I'll because you've travelled a lot, so I, maybe I'll, I'll let you have it. But the, generally, the question is, if you could visit anywhere in the world, where would you go? If I could visit anywhere in the world, um, honestly, it'd be Japan. Uh, what there attracts you? Uh, <laughs> it goes back to my gearhead side, but it's the cars. I I love Japanese cars and Japanese culture around the cars. So you go Tokyo drifting, huh? <laughs> Not necessarily Tokyo, but uh, yeah, I'd go drifting in Japan. I would definitely love to go drifting in Japan. All right. Um, and on that kind of subject, what furry convention would you most like to attend if you haven't? Um, so the furry conventions that I've attended, um, I would like to check out um, Furdu in Australia, Indie Furcon. And um, what was the other one? Uh, Motor City for a con. Of the ones that I have not gone to, I'd I'd like to check those out. And oh yeah, um, of course, Euroference too. I'm gonna forget that one. Gonna say you forgot us in Europe. <laughs> no, no, it was just kind of a given because just because I've already uh, I've already made arrangements to go, and um, if not this year, next year. Are you looking forward to that? I am very much so. Okay. Um, where do you think the furry fandom will be in five years? The furry fandom in five years. Oh, I see it, um, growing. I, I see it growing almost exponentially, especially with movies like Zootopia and, you know, the new Kung Fu Panda and stuff like that coming out for the younger generation. Um, I see it getting huge. I, I see the fandom the next five years, getting close to that 10,000 mark. I don't think that a convention is going to break 10,000 in five years, but I can see them getting close to it at the very least with um, 
Amplicon and MFF being uh, nearly uh, three quarters of the way there. Uh, when it comes to size, there's obviously um, a lot of people, and some of the furries from earlier times might make the uh, complaint that uh, we're losing the soul of the fandom in a way. Um, how do you? What's your opinion on that kind of thing? Do you think as we grow, the family field is harder to maintain, or um, you know, just uh, yeah, just contemplating that, I guess. Yes and no. I mean, I do. As the fandom grows, there are going to be new people introduced. There, like, I meet so many new people every year, and I add them to you know the collection of friends that I have. As far as the family feel, uh, it's that's really kind of a perspective type thing. It depends on who you uh, who you choose to keep around you. I don't think it'll lose the family feel because, you know, you'll always still have your friends. I just think they're going to be a lot of families and a lot of circles. The, the amount of social circles that are going to be within the fandom is just going to grow and expand. But I don't think that people are going that the whole family mentality is going to leave the fandom or fade from the fandom at all. But you think it might not be quite as centralized. We may have... Um the fandom break up in some way into a smaller sex. Kind of, yes. Because that's interesting, because that's um, a, a theory similar to what Camo put once um, on YouTube, because he also discussed the idea of there being more of a kind of consumer level of furry and then a uh, kind of producer level with some of the, the bigger names. I mean, how would you feel about that if it if it got like that? Do you think it gives opportunity or would you prefer it to be as it is now where it feels like anyone can be anything? No, this. I mean, how I feel it should be is I, I, I feel it should be still, you know, a community and stuff like that. Um, where I think it's going, it's becoming, you know, essentially a subculture. And with... Um, the dancing subculture, the, you know, car subculture that I'm part of or any other subculture out there. It's exactly that it's there's producers and then consumers once it gets to a certain size. And that's what I think the furry fandom is going to be. And, you know, honestly, there's nothing really wrong with that. If we are all sharing the same interest. If you were stranded on a desert island, what favorite food, movie and song would you want to have with you? Food, movie, and song. Favorite food, movie, and song. Okay, favorite food would definitely be cinnamon rolls because, yes, I need cinnamon rolls. Movie would be Fight Club because if I have to watch that one over and over and over again, it would be just mentally stimulating enough to not make me lose my mind. And then you said song? Yes. Let's see. So that's a hard one being a dancer because I'd probably be dancing to the song. Um. Man, that, that is a tough one. I'd have to say uh, m uh, Move For Me by uh, the Van Toth remix. Is there uh, any particular memory that has for you, or is it just uh, a song you really like to groove to? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's the song that I listened to on repeat while I did uh, a, uh, a trip to Arizona for... Uh, not for business, but uh, I had to go see a friend of mine who wasn't feeling very well. Okay. I've come up with one final question for you that I should have asked earlier, but I'm going to ask now as okay. a closer. Is for those who want to get involved in the dancing community and who are inspired mm -hmm. by what you do and what the other guys do in the, in the competitions, 
what should they do? Because sometimes they feel like afraid to come and ask. So intimidation is a very real thing in the dancer for community, um, especially for people, you know, young and aspiring uh, into the, uh, into the whole community. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we broke into the dance competitions into two categories, novice and veteran. Um, I would just say, honestly, um, just honestly start dancing, record yourself, put it out there. Don't, don't be afraid of what people say. Just put it out there. Um, ask for help or, you know, ask for a mentor too. I'm a mentor to a few dancer furries. Uh, I know plenty of others who would be more than happy to do a uh, mentorship with you guys. Um, just, yeah, kind of just put yourself out there. Don't don't be afraid. Like I said before, it's all about family and inclusion and helping each other grow. So just don't don't be afraid to just go out there, put yourself out there and, you know, dance the way you want to. Four, thank you very much for your time on the show. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Pause and Reflect with Four and your host, Mike Pause. If you have enjoyed this, please share it with others and listen out for more interviews soon. I wish you a good morning, afternoon and evening, wherever you may be in the world.